This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Was the 1980s the best decade for basketball? Seriously, I I don't know. I'm asking. Once again, it's time for the Idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, it still is, and joining me as always is my friend and my co-host, disease-free, Ray. Still here, so that's a good thing. <laughs> he's still there, I can see him, even though he's not in front of me, uh, literally, he's there on a video screen, and he is alive, and in, uh, what is it, Red Dawn. Yes. Still Red Dawn? Yeah, I'm still at Red Dawn. So, hey. Uh, day six of, uh, self, uh, quarantine. Is that what it's called? Yep. Day six of self quarantine. And, uh, so this week we'll be this week. Yeah. This week, right today. I don't know. Today we'll be speaking about, I'll be learning. Look, I'm excited about this because whenever I have a chance to learn something from you, it's always a good time because I get to learn something. It's practical. It's exciting. It's fun. So today you're going to teach me about basketball in the 1980s, which is per- perfect timing because my understanding is there's no other place to get basketball right now. Yeah, everybody else is just showing reruns of games from the 90s and 80s anyway, so works out good for us. Yeah, okay. So, But before we do that, let's talk about 80s news. So today on 80s news we've got some sad news to report. We were just we were just struggling or I was just struggling to remember this gentleman's name. I guess it was many episodes now at this point, but star Lyle Wagner has passed away. He was in the Carol Burnett show many many times, but the the thing that uh he was in that was I guess closest or fondest uh to me or fondest of uh, struggling with words on day 6 here. Uh, was he played Steve Trevor in the 1978 Wonder Woman opposite Linda Carter. Which is a fantastic show. Yes. And we, our current Wonder Woman is good. But Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, I mean, come on. You can't beat that. Uh, anyway, Mr. Wagner unfortunately passed away uh, peacefully after a brief illness just a few days ago. Linda Carter herself posted a touching tribute uh, to her former co-star, saying that she had last spoke with him in 2018 they had talked about, uh, at that time, they had talked about how lucky they were to be surrounded by such wonderful family and friends, and that she will miss him. So speaking of uh, Lyle Wagner and Wonder Woman, I got my hopes up, and my hopes were dashed. So one of the, I guess, good things, you know, because we got to try to look for positive things during this unusual time in our world, one of the good things is that movie companies have wised up pretty quickly to think, hey, if, if people aren't going to be filling seats in theaters, let's get these films out, you know, on streaming, on demand, right away. Have you watched any of the new films because of this that have come out? No, I have not watched anything new yet. Well, I will tell you one. I haven't finished watching it yet, but as soon as I got like 10 minutes in, I was like, I got to tell Ray to watch this because it's awesome. The movie Onward. You familiar? <laughs> no. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, where they where their where their dad is invisible and they're putting him back together or something. Yeah, yeah, not exactly, but yes. You got you. You've seen the trailer. I can mm-hmm. tell by that yeah. terrible, terrible description of it. <laughs> but the coolest thing about it, and I didn't know this, so it's a world where, and you learn this in the first five minutes. It's a world where magic once existed, very much like a Dungeons and Dragons type realm. That over time, because of inventions like electricity and so on, 
people didn't need magic anymore, so they forgot about it. They didn't. It was too hard to study a spell when you can flip a light switch, essentially. So it seems like this could really go that way. I could see how life could have gone that way had we ever had a magical history. But building on that, it turns out in the world, one of the characters, main characters, plays a role-playing game. But he explains all the books, all the stories, all the spells in them are historically accurate. (laughs) Really? Yeah. So as soon as I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's where as if Dungeons and Dragons were real, but then people evolved. But now our games are based on real events, fighting dragons, etc. Yeah, I'll end up watching that. Sounds good. So so that's just one of, you know, at least several or a handful of, full of films that were coming out in advance of e- either their actual theatrical date or shortly after they were in theaters, because this film came out about two weeks ago and is already available. In any case, a few days ago, we were teased. Uh, the rap had reported that Warner Brothers was debating internally whether or not they should release Wonder Woman 1984 just straight to streaming. That would be insane. So according to the rap, discussions were happening behind the scenes uh, and within Warner Brothers internally to bring Wonder Woman to the screens, uh, sorry, to streaming instead of the screens. Um, and so for a couple of days here, three days about, I was excited because, hey, I wouldn't have to leave my home to see Wonder Woman 84 and maybe we'd get to see it sooner than later. Instead, my excitement was short-lived because just a few days later, Warner Brothers clarified that the rumors were are not true and instead, they are pushing back the date of the eagerly anticipated movie due to the coronavirus pandemic. So they're moving it back from the June 5th release date to August 14th. So now I'm going to have to wait even longer. I went from the possibility of seeing at home at home for free to now, you know, waiting even longer to see in the theaters. But I guess, fingers crossed, we'll get to be in the theaters by August 14th and, and see it on the big screen. I think that's a good call. Well, that's a, hey. that looks like a movie you want to see on the big screen. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, I wouldn't begrudge, I guess, getting to see it sooner and cheaper and at home. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're, you can't release it on streaming and then expect people to go to the theater afterwards. It just doesn't work that way. Oh, no, they won't. But I think it's funny you're saying this because I know you don't like going to the movie theater. Well, I shouldn't say you don't like going to movie theater. You don't like oh, being around people or no, driving in your car. No, no, I don't like driving. I love the movie theater. I love seeing it. Yeah, I just don't like having to get there. I am so mad we don't have teleporters. <laughs> no, not yet. But maybe now that people are being forced to come up with a lot of new inventions <laughs> to get through this time, teleporters are on the can you, rise. Can you imagine being at your, you're standing in your living room, your teleporter's on red, and you're like, all right, movie theater, movie theater. Turn green. Oh, you didn't jump fast enough. It's back to red. Because as if people are jumping in, you can't jump in too. So you have to wait. Oh. So you're sitting there and you're like, come on, come on. I got to get my popcorn. I got to get my popcorn. <laughs> and finally it turns green. You jump in, you're at the movies. But you just stand, it'd be so horrible. And then we would be, <laughs> there wouldn't be the old guys going, I remember when I used to have to get in a car and drive to the theater <laughs> uphill both ways in the snow. We'd be getting the car out of the garage. Do they still, <laughs> still sell gasoline? <laughs> Siphoning it out of a lawnmower. <laughs> You know, I, I I like how your description of the teleporters is different than mine, because in my fantasy, when teleporters, and I've always thought this way, when they exist, you know, it'll just be something you have commercially in your home, you could just use it. Mm-hmm. Yours is definitely more realistic, where it's just going to be a bandwidth issue. It's going to be like right. you know, internet connection now, where everything slows <laughs> down at night, because everybody's right. streaming. Yeah, and it could spit you right back out into your living room. I don't, I'd be terrified to ever get into a teleporter. I don't know if you remember, but in the, in the worst Star Trek movie, which I think came out in 79, so it wasn't in the 80s, 78 or 79, Star Trek, the motion picture, mm-hmm. they had a scene where they're just getting the Enterprise online and getting it all set up. 
they try to teleport somebody, maybe the first person, and there's a horrible disaster where they can't get them fully teleported. So what gets teleported is just like a horrible mutation. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the fly. Yeah, that's another good example. I have something in there. So since those two films, when I used to fantasize about teleportation, now I'd be like, yeah, I think I'll walk would be fine. Uh, mine looks like the, the revolving doors. Yeah. You just go in. And if you make it, you're on the other side, but you could get spit right back out into your living room. It just keeps spinning. Mm. You need some kind of thing to catch you then, uh, soften the blow as you get reject ejected out of it. <laughs> so I did some digging, a little bit of digging, because I thought, you know, heck, I wonder if our other 1980s movies are still on track to come out on time. So if you remember, this year is going to be a huge year for 1980s films. You know, if everything goes as, as was planned... 1984, as we know, was the best year for, for 19, 1980s films. Right. This year maybe could rival it, provided they're good, at least in as far as reboots and go, you know, and sequels. And so far, all of these 80s films seem to be on track. The good news is they may be far enough out so that we'll be emerging from our bunkers. So um, Top Gun is still coming out June 24th. Ghostbusters, Afterlife, July 10th. Bill and Ted, August 21st. And then in December, on December 18th, we will see both Dune and Coming to America 2. I think that everything's going to work out just fine. Yeah. They're going to be huge blockbusters. It's going to be cool. Yeah, or there'll be some new paradigm where they rip out like uh, three seats in between every movie theater seat so everyone is six feet apart and you can't go with anybody. Well, there are theaters that are already like that, I'm sure. Is that right? Yeah. It'll be like when you're in high school and you go to a movie with your buddies, you got to leave a seat between you. Of course. Otherwise, someone might think you're dating. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. That would have been horrible. That's the seat for the popcorn, <laughs> we tell ourselves. Okay. Hey, speaking of movies, I thought this was also kind of neat and also, you know, further bolsters our position here with the 1980s was awesome for everything pop culture. Just a few days ago here, The Wrap had a post or an article where entitled 20 movies with extremely happy endings to make you forget all about coronavirus. Hmm. And not surprising, among the 20 films are two films from the 1980s, including Back to the Future All right. and some other one. The Princess Bride. Yeah, that's got to be yes. on there. Yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew you'd remember. I haven't watched them yet, but I agree. Plenty of films from the 1980s make me feel happy. And not just because, you know, we grew up with them, but because there's something joyful about them. And those two films are certainly among them. Oh, yeah. You go online, people are posting lists about movies to watch. Uh, one of the 80s sites did it, and there's like 500 options that people posted already. So people love the 80s. I mean, 400 of them are probably Princess Bride and... You know, another hundred or probably Back to the Future. But, you know, I put Rad on there for everybody. So gave us some variety. Yeah, got to st We still got to track down someone, a skateboarder and a BMX biker to talk to. We'll have to actually look at Rad the movie and see who was in that. Oh, yeah. You know who's in that? Lori Loughlin. Yeah, I don't think she, she did the bike. She might stuff. have some free time. How does it record through the glass? See, doesn't she still have any phone calls left? <laughs> All right, that was 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Some semblance of it. I don't know. This is Everything just feels weird. Yeah, I know. It sucks not being in the same room, so very difficult. I wonder if we were in the same room, would it still be weird because things are just generally weird? Generally, you think I'm disease-riddled, so... Yeah. <laughs> Well, anybody who walks around saying germs can't affect me, you've got to be worried about it. Have I been wrong yet? Well, I don't know. Like I've said many times, you never go to the doctor. So, I mean, you're just making, you're just self You're not even self-diagnosing yourself like on WebMD yeah, or something. Yeah, A equals B equals C. It's that formula I use. Right. So A equals, so A is what you. A, I feel good. Therefore, you are good. Ergo, B, I'm fine. So C, germs can't hurt me. 
It works out. Yeah, but here's the problem. I'm, I've said this to you before, <laughs> off the air. Even if you're immune, you carrying those germs, bringing them to me. I'm not immune. I get sick. I definitely get sick. Have you ever gotten sick when I was around? I don't know. I wouldn't know because you wouldn't seem sick. You'd the be answer, symptomatic. No, the answer is no. Mm, I don't know. I've been sick a day or so after, so uh, maybe you bought but, something. No, nah, because a day or so after, it would be three days before or immediately. One to well, two days doesn't count. You know, if 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 you were if we were allowed to see each other in person, I'd build some kind of sneeze guard in here or something, <laughs> like a smorgasbord. <laughs> yes, one of us would have to be under the glass, <laughs> laying on a counter. <laughs> maybe uh, we could just get. Hey. You know, restaurants aren't aren't open right now. Maybe we could get yeah. one cheap. Or we could just podcast from a re- empty restaurant, like a haunted, <laughs> seems like a haunted place. All right, hey, I'm really excited right. about learning so, about yeah. something today. Are you ready to learn about '80s basketball? Because yeah, I've, I've got everything wrote down that you need to know about 80s basketball. And I've got plenty of space to remember it because I forgot all the stuff you told me about baseball. Excellent. So we're going to start off with what made the 80s uh, basketball scene awesome. Okay. We're going to go right to the fist fights. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wait a second. This is the 80s. So is this? Uh, okay. Now, I know before we had the NBA, we had mm-hmm. another league too. Is that the ABA? The ABA is before them in the 70s. Okay. So in the 70s, uh, my understanding is things were a little rougher then. But you're saying even NBA years, things are, were a well, little more well, wild. Yes. Yeah. Well, now the ABA is a part of the NBA at this point. Okay. So the game was more physical. Like today, you'll see LeBron drive the lane and somebody taps him on the shoulder at the foul. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, you could literally knock somebody down and it wasn't a foul. Ergo, my point. Kevin McHale, clotheslines, Kurt Rambis. <laughs> Celtics Lakers, 84 finals, game four. Okay. So, Kurt Rambis, who, by the way, I, yeah. I swear the character of Ned Flanders is based off him. <laughs> he, okay. he is a dead ringer for, for Ned. So. <laughs> well, not knowing what he looks like or who he is, I'll have to look uh, this right. up. I want you to imagine this in your mind. Ned Flanders yes. is... Just barreling down. He's got the ball. He's bouncing it, heading for the hoop. Kevin McHale just runs down behind him, and as he gets ready to shoot, just clotheslines him and just takes him out. So at this point, Kurt gets up, and James Worthy just shoves him back down like, no, 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 don't, 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 you don't want none of this. So then uh, the announcer goes, and now let's watch it. As everyone prepares to watch the fight on TV, because that's just the way it was. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny, too, because Larry Bird helped him get up off the floor. But a lot of shoving, a lot of pushing. But the actual, uh, the clothesline is the part that uh, is great because they just called it a regular foul. Oh. No, no technical, no suspensions, no, you know, no money was paid, nothing. Mm. Just a regular old foul for running down the court and clotheslining <laughs> someone. So, okay, because I'm a, you know, I'm uninformed. Mm-hmm. A regular, so I know we got personal fouls, you got technical fouls. Well, I don't even know what a regular foul is. Yeah, yeah pers- it's just no, it's just a personal foul. Wow, which usually, which now is just tapping someone on the shoulder. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and and it's used. I mean, strategically now, just to you know, people will pull a foul or draw a foul. Right. We were at you know we were at a game right before uh, things were getting shut down. We were ready in the don't touch anything you don't have to touch. Right. You know, just a couple of few weeks ago, and yeah, I marveled at that how <laughs> easily people got fouled. Now, here's another thing you'll never see in today's NBA that was happening in the 80s. Yep. Obviously, you know who Dr. J is, right? Oh, yeah. Famous, came from the ABA, you know, legendary. Julius Irving. Legendary. And you know who Larry Bird is, obviously, of the South. Yes. The two of them got in a fight. Can you imagine two superstars getting in a fist fight on the court today? Uh, No. 
Not at all. Well, it gets better. Yeah. Because Charles Barkley and Moses Malone held Bird from behind <laughs> while Dr. J punched him. Now, okay. Not, again, not knowing many, I know the main guys here. These aren't his fellow team members holding him back. No. You're saying Dr. J's team members. Yes, yeah, the 76ers, Moses yeah. Malone and Charles Barkley, who are two of the greatest players to ever play, okay. are holding Bird, who's one of the greatest players to ever play, sure. while Dr. J, one of the greatest players, there's four guys who are considered to be four of the greatest players ever, and they're holding some dude while another guy punches him. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine if that would happen today. Yeah, and now, so, you know, I have a problem with baseball. I think it's really <laughs> slow and pretty boring. The next up from excitement level would be football. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, we're getting better. For me, basketball is definitely worlds better because it's so fast-paced. But the sport that I went, when I still lived in New Jersey, the only professional sport that I would see on any regular basis was hockey. I would go see the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is it was fast-paced like basketball. You know, so you got folks going back and forth constantly. So it's very physical and athletic. It requires a lot of skill. But as you know, you've got folks designated on a team just to start a fight. Oh, yeah. It's a strategy. And the refs know it. They will let people duke it out for a little while before they, you know, get a penalty and put them in the box for a while. Yep. But So I can't imagine how much more exciting base, basketball, rather, would be today if they allowed that. I think it would be amazing. Yeah. So we're going to go with fight number three. I only got four fights I'm going to talk about. These are my four okay. favorites. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bill Lambeer and Larry Bird. Larry Bird again. All right. Spawn the trouble here. He likes to fight. So does Lambeer, though. So we're in game four of uh, the finals, I believe, 1987. Bird gets the ball. He's getting ready to shoot. And Lambeer just jumps on him and takes him to the ground. <laughs> just blatantly jumps on him. Sure. So Bird just starts throwing punches. <laughs> so they, they separate him. Bird takes the ball from the ref and throws it and hits Bill right in the face. Oh! <laughs> you just bust his nose wide open? No, it, it was funny, though. <laughs> so, so Bill Lambeer gets ejected for starting the fight. But Bird gets yep. ejected for throwing the ball at him, not not for throwing the punches. <laughs> he got ejected for throwing the ball and hitting him. Well, with he's it. using NBA property at that point, you know. So he says after the game, you know, I hate this guy. He never says he likes him. To this day, they hate each other. Hmm. But uh, after the game, he says, I'd hate for something bad to happen to the guy. Oh. He meant he was referring to the crowd, not his own team. Oh. So his teammate took that the wrong way. So the very next day. Or the next day after that, game five of the same series. Oh, no. Bill Lambeer is in the, the little foul area there, you know? Yeah. Just standing there, hanging out. And Robert Parrish comes up and just blasts oh. him with two elbows right to the face. Oh, my goodness. Nobody notices. Game just continues. <laughs> and suddenly, <laughs> uh, Bill's just bleeding. Yeah, he's like, what the hell? That's, I mean, it sounds like a mob thing, right? I hate to have anything happen to this guy. Yeah. Well, Larry Bird seems like such a, you know, milk toast kind of laid back dude. I can't imagine. Well, that now that you mentioned that, we're going to go to the next thing that I think is great about uh, 80s basketball, the nickname. Can I ask you a question about Larry Bird and Dr. J? Yeah. Well, the one thing that I remember from the 80s as far as basketball goes, or one of the things, and I mentioned this on many episodes ago, I think, is that there was this video game, One on One. It was one of the earliest times you had a branded sports game, mm-hmm. and you were the uh, you, you were do- either Dr. J or Larry Bird playing against each other, you know, and it was really cool. And eventually, I think they tre- tricked it out, and the characters became somebody somebody else that was more popular. Mm-hmm. But my thought was, or understanding, or recollection was, at the time they were friendly. So did uh, Larry Bird didn't forgive Bill Lambeer, but did he make up with Dr. J? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, Bill Lambeer is the only player he absolutely hates to this day. Mm, wow. Like, uh, 
when they both they made the All Star game multiple times. Uh, Bill Lambert didn't make it one year, and they asked Larry about it, and he said that's great because now when I get on the team bus, when he tries to shake my hand, I don't have to tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> it saves Larry Bird some time. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go to the next thing that's really cool, which is the nicknames. Okay. The, the 80s had the best nicknames. We'll start with a couple easy ones. Dr. J. Sure. He got in in the 70s, but still. Now, he wasn't a doctor of anything as far as we know. As far as He's we probably know. got an honorary PhD at this point. You've got Clyde the Glide Drexler, Robert Parrish, whose nickname was The Chief. And he got that nickname because he looked like the dude from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have Carl Malone, whose nickname was The Mailman because he always delivers. Ah, uh, yes. I remember that. Okay, sure. Yeah. Akeem, The Dream Olajuwon. Yes. Dennis Rodman was called The Worm. Mm. And he got his nickname because of the way he played pinball machine. Okay. He said he was always wiggling around like a worm, so it stuck. <laughs> Obviously, Magic Johnson. Yep. We're going we're gonna to go to uh, Sir Charles. Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. Also known as the Round Mound of Rebound. <laughs> is there a better name than that? <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, okay. You have two. Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel. Oh. And obviously Michael Jordan is uh, his Air Ness, Air Jordan. Sure. Larry Bird's two nicknames, Larry Legend okay. and the Hick from French Lick. <laughs> I've never heard that last one. You've never heard that one? Hick from French Lick? Yep. No. French Lick, no. Indiana. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Since Bird was a Celtic for so long, I just think of him as being from Boston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think maybe now we don't have as cool uh, nicknames as they did in the 80s? Yeah, they come up with like uh, garbage nicknames like, uh, what is it, The Process? That's an actual nickname. I couldn't tell you any nicknames, I don't think. Hmm. So, what do they got, CP3? I see. Stuff like that. I mean, they're they're. Uh, I think uh, Aaron Gordon's nickname is Air Gordon, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Of course, they got a riff on an 80s name. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, you got King James, the chosen Mm -hmm. one. That's about the best one. Or uh, what's his buddy, Dwayne Wade's nickname? Can't remember. Uh, Yeah, there you go. They're just not as great Mm -hmm. as, like, uh, you know, Sleepy Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're going to head off to the Slam Dunk Contest. Okay, yes. There's only one Slam dunk contest, that means poop. All right. And that is Chicago, February 6th, 1988. Okay. I think I know why. The last two contestants are the human highlight reel. Yeah. Dominique Wilkins. And Air Jordan. And his, and his airness, Michael Jordan. Very good. Yes. Now we come down to the final round. Dominique does a windmill thing, jamba bamba thing that's just amazing. <laughs> Gets cheated on the score because they're in Chicago. He's stealing my moves. Yeah. So, uh. What does Michael do in the final dunk? Mm. He takes his butt to the far end of the court. He's telling everybody, gather away, gather away. <laughs> Making a big spectacle out of it. I think Dr. J might have even been in the crowd when he did this. And as you know, Dr. J played in the ABA. Mm-hmm. And he was the first one to do what Michael was about to do. Okay. Michael takes off from the foul line. Yeah. Gold chains flopping in the breeze. Because mm. he, he actually had two gold chains on that night. Because he asked what he could wear. And he said, wear whatever you want. So he's got two gold chains on, tongue hanging out, yeah. flying through the air. Mm. Boom. Wins the dunk contest at home in Chicago. Wow. Now, as you know, the rim is 10 feet from the floor, right? Oh, of course. Reg- your regulation standard, yeah. The foul line is 15 feet away. I was just going to ask you that. Hmm. 15 feet. He is six foot six. So some math involved there that you would show you how awesome that is. It literally looked like he was flying. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And like I said. 
Dr. J was actually an inch taller and six pounds lighter, so he had a much easier time flying through the air that far, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and good news, he didn't get any gold chains, like, wrapped around his tongue. His, <laughs> oh, yeah, his, that would have been crazy. His tongue alone was also doing some f- physical feats. So, yeah, many people think Dominique got cheated, but Michael wins that one. And it, it, also in that competition was Spud Webb. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, too. Okay, yep. Uh, Spud was in that one. And Spud was like what five eight five nine or something ridiculous like that. I think he was only five seven. Okay, and then you had Clyde the Glide Drexler and uh, Ron Harper was supposed to be in it, but I don't think he ended up doing it that year. No, it's it's just a completely subjective contest, right? I mean, how it's judged, or is it by crowd reaction? Uh, or no, the the judges weren't even like basketball players, so they were just basing it off on what they thought of the dunk. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if someone backs up and is like, "Clear the room," yeah, get the runway ready. <laughs> And you're already in Chicago, and I think one of the judges was actually Gail Sayer, who was a Chicago Bear for a long time. I mean, ah. he's obviously not going to yeah. not vote for Michael Jordan to win the thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, that's one of those iconic moments in sports because we've all seen the picture of him in the air yeah. with the with the ball and everything. Right. So. You've seen it on Nike Air Jordans, that uh, air symbol <laughs> yeah. is him. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's, a, that's what made me love basketball in general because I, I don't really have a team I root for. I mean, obviously – I go to Cavs games every once in a while, but the NBA is the only sport where I like the players better than a team. Hmm. So if you go back to the 80s, the three best players, in my opinion, are Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson, whose career was tragically cut short by his HIV diagnosis. So had he not had that, he might have actually just piled up a lot more stats. So does that mean you were rooting for three different teams and following them around? You'd root for whatever team they, you know, I mean, Jordan was with the Bulls exclusively right but uh yeah well and i guess bird was with the celtics yep so yeah i rooted for the celtics lakers. i rooted for the bulls and then i would watch the lakers so then that's different than any other sport you're saying because you just stick with the hometown team otherwise yeah, yeah i watch my hometown teams in every other sport even to this day i'd rather like you know like right now i'd watch lebron play for the lakers rather than the Cavs, mm. except for delhi yeah delhi's back Del- Della Vadova is one of my favorite players. I'd actually like, I'd watch the Bucks games just because he was in there. So I didn't think it's just mentioning again that I was at the game just a couple of weeks ago that, you know, you see Della Dova standing next to, um, <laughs> what's his name? Kevin Love, you know, or any, any other guy. And it looks like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm probably Delhi's height. He's probably the same height as me. Then you see Delhi next to a normal human and he's a giant. Yeah. So yep. these other people are like trees. They're giant giants. Yeah. It's amazing how tall these guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how he feels. Though. Yeah. Like in, in everyday life, he's a giant. And then he walks into yeah. the, the locker room and everyone else is like, oh, they're calling him shrimp. You know? Good. He should be humbled like we are because <laughs> you and I are of diminutive stature relative to these giants. Well, it, it's kind of like at work when somebody goes, well, what do he look like? I go, well, he was tall. <laughs> and, then, and then I go, but everyone's tall. So yeah. taller than me. Uh, so yeah, that's not a good description if I'm giving it. Nope. But, uh, yeah, that sums up 80s basketball for you. Lots of good fights, mm. great players, great nicknames, and great slam dunk contests. Yeah. Today's NBA can't compete with that. They're soft. They're all friends with each other. <laughs> Superstars, you know, Kevin Durant and whoever he's playing for now. Yeah, I can't mm, keep track yeah. of what team they're on anymore either. So, yeah, I could never imagine LeBron's teammates holding Kevin Durant while LeBron punched him. Yeah, no. It's just never going to happen again. Yeah, it seems if they're ever going to punch anybody in these games anymore, it's the ref. They get more heated against the refs than they do each other. Yeah. I've seen them dragging each other off away from the Leave it, let it go. Let, you know, don't argue mm-hmm. with the ref, but. Oh, and it's a constant just complaining about the calls now. Yeah. 
they already gave you six steps to the basket. What more do you want? It does seem like the part of the strategy is that they're trained how to take a foul and make it look really, uh, you know, painful. Oh yeah. You know, some, some might take a fall and make that, you know, like a, it's almost like a dramatic Pratt fall, like in a movie, you'd see the way they stumble and, ah! Yeah, I think they all go to acting classes yeah. in the offseason, the way they tumble around, and then they just get up. They're worse than soccer players anymore. Yeah, and then if the call goes their way, great. If the call doesn't go their way, oh, suddenly they're miraculously healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're healed either way, unless they really want to play it up because they want to come back in the second half and have, like, the greatest game of their career. Like, I broke my shoulder and my, I got poked out, but I just put up 25 in the second half of my other hand. Somehow. Really? Mm. Come on, man. Yeah. So that's what I got for you today, mm. pal. A lot to take in. So what are folks going to do now? There's no March Madness. I, I had sent you this message about, can we just roll dice maybe and have a fake March Madness? <laughs> but I realized immediately how stupid an idea that was. Well, you know, when I uh, when I pick my brackets, I flip yep. a coin. Mm. I just flip a coin. Can't be that even, though. Right? I mean, it's certainly the early rounds, too. I've been playing a long time. I actually won one. Flip on my coin. All right. So. Well, hey. Law of averages, buddy. All righty. Well, if that's it. Yeah, I think uh, I think the only thing we've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. is that uh, the sports teams need to get their butts back on the courts and the fields and uh, entertain us because... This is not cutting it. And once the uh, stadiums open up again, they may have to make up for lost times. So, yeah, hey, throw a couple fights in. Yeah, yeah. You want to make up for lost time, uh, have your pitcher bean somebody, have them charge them out with a bat, or right off the rip, just start grabbing your the guys on the court and start throwing punches. You know, we live in this era of new paradigms. I'd like to see a combination of all these awesome things from the 80s, right? You get points for having a good nickname. Mm-hmm. In the middle of a game, you have sort of a slam dunk contest. So it's it's almost like Harlem Globetrotters. That's open now. Showmanship is rewarded. Oh, yeah. And fights. Fights are rewarded, too. Well, I also forgot uh, Bill Lambeer did actually have a video game called Combat Basketball at one point. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. fighting was part of it? Yeah, they wore armor and they were fighting. Uh, and Yeah, he cashed in on that, that whole aspect of his career. So. I wonder if that infuriated Larry Bird. Uh, I think he was just mad at him forever. Mm. There's got to be something there. They just, from the rip, they didn't like each other. Mm. But from what I've heard, uh, Larry Bird's one of the greatest trash talkers of all time, too. So, Oh, maybe we got to get Larry Bird on the show. I'd love to talk to Larry Bird. Right. He's one of my favorites. All righty. We'll see what we can do about I'd that. say him and Michael Jordan are my two favorite basketball players of all yeah. time. All righty. Well, hey, I guess that's it. We'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. See ya. See ya.